is now we should be live uh, it, i pressed the button in like 15 seconds goes before it starts i'm like did it work did it not work but anyway welcome to pkn episode 62 kyle and i were just talking and i so it was like you know i want to lock this in i want to talk about it you were talking about stealing jokes yeah, we I, we saw that thing where, or I saw a thing where basically Amy Schumer had stole some Patrice O'Neill jokes, and it was like obvious that she stole them. And I was saying like I don't know how people think they can get away with stealing jokes. Like I referenced that South Park joke in the last episode, and 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 people got got mad about it. It's like, do you really think I thought I was getting away with stealing a joke when they like, it was they, they air Wednesday night and then we record Thursday night. I thought we were, uh, we were we'd been talking about South Park just before the show. It's I, uh, weird because I'll steal a joke sometimes. I haven't done it lately because they gave me so much shit about it. But um, <laughs> or maybe I'll give a tip that's not necessarily just mine. I remember one in particular. I was like, check this out, guys. This is how I eat an Oreo cookie. And I, <laughs> I put no. a fork through the thing, dip it in the milk. It's awesome, right? And I, I guess I didn't properly credit that I saw it on like life hacks or something on some website. Because uh, that website invented putting a fork in an Oreo. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, like I didn't credit anyone yeah. with their like Oreo thing. And they're like, oh, Woody's a stealer. He steals, he steals. But to me, I'm just a regular person, right? Like you out there listening to this, not you, Kyle. But you out there listening to this, you probably told like the Chris Rock joke before or some Bill Burr or um, Louis C.K. joke that, that's come along. And I, I guess it is joke stealing, but I never really thought of myself as at a level like Carlos Mencia would be where you're not allowed to steal jokes anymore. I don't even see it as that. I feel like when, when I say those when, – when I reference a joke or something, it's, it's, it's less about telling the joke in its original spirit and more about like nudging you guys and being like, hey, we all let's watch the same stuff. Right? Remember the time when I was – we were talking about conversion rates, and I was like, it's the same as Stan, Stanley Nichols to Shrootbox. And, and yeah. you know, it's just, a, it's just an office reference. Right. I, I, I think that's funny. That's what Some, I think Sometimes funny. it's that, right? Like sometimes, yeah, you just make a reference to something and everybody's you know, knows that winter is coming or whatever. Yeah. And, and other times, like, I don't know, like, I'll tell a joke that I heard a long time ago or heard somewhere, and they're like, Woody got that from here. And they're usually right. I, usually I did get it from there. Every once in a while I'm innocent. It's parallel thinking. But but they're usually right. Usually I heard it there and, and forgot the source and such. And I just I just never thought of myself as achieving some sort of level where I'm not allowed to tell jokes I heard before. So do you have a, uh, a bad joke to tell or – or do you have to write your own now? Is that how that works? <laughs> oh, good lord! I hope I don't have to write my own. <laughs> um, I am uh... okay. This is the best one I have saved up. I haven't done these for a while. An abstinent blonde and her bro and her boyfriend are about to celebrate their one-year anniversary. She wants to do something special for him that night and decides that she wants to go down on him, but alas, has no experience. She asks her friend for advice, who then hands her a banana and says, here, practice with this. Sure enough, the blonde girl peels the banana and goes to town on it like a deep throat pro. See, you're doing great. Don't change a thing. So the next day, the blonde's girlfriend calls her up, eager to hear how everything went. How'd it go? Pretty great. Didn't know there'd be that much screaming and blood, though. Blood? Where'd the blood come from? The peeling. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you have a hard time. I, I just I don't know how you get to the peeling. Like like like. 
I feel like as as the peeling started, we we'd have to put the kibosh on the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Like the second yeah. she's in the pee hole. Trying whoa! To take, yeah, whoa! Whoa! There's a serious lack of communication in your sex. In your sex, it's yeah, right. Oh god. Do you remember donkey punch was a commonly referenced thing for a while? Apparently, yes. a donkey punch is you, you're hitting it doggy style. You punch her in the back of the head, and she starts bucking or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that. Doesn't that doesn't sound like good sex to me. I. I. I, th I don't think that that's a thing that. I think that's more of a joke than a, than an actual sex act that anyone would recommend. Because, I mean, if you're punching the other person in the head as part of a sex act, that's probably not going to be... The next time around, she's not going to be like, Ooh, I hope he punches me in the back of the head again. That was hot! Like, this is not going to happen. There will be no second time. If the, if the first time you fuck her, you decide to give her a concussion. Um, I think I think that's like what we were talking about before. Like, like you know, coming in her nose so she breathes like... <laughs> calling the Darth Vader... Um, like all that stuff. Like, I don't think those are things you're actually meant to do. I think they're just funny, right? Like, I mean, some of it, of course. Like, like the rusty trombone, as funny as it is, like you're eating the guy's ass uh, from behind and like jerking his dick off like a like a trombone. As funny as that one is, I think that's one that I'm sure happens. Like, I'm sure that happens a lot. Like, that sounds like some some fun stuff, right? But yep. I don't think anyone is like, yeah, get fill my nostrils. Come on, fill them, <laughs> fill them. Like, 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 nobody's doing that. Nobody wants yeah. a Darth Vader. In my experience, they don't even like it in their hair. No, no. And they certainly don't want you to, like, like the other one was, you know, coming on their face and then throwing pubes at it and, and giving them the Abraham Lincoln. Like, like no one wants that. No, uh, it's, no it's, I don't it's, think it's, you'll find many people into that. I, I think most of those are, uh, and what's the other, the Cleveland steamer? Is that the one where you put on her chest? Or, no, you're thinking of Dirty Sanchez. Yeah, the Dirty Sanchez is the is the mustache. The the, the, the Cleveland steamer is when you just shit on her chest. I think, like like, like yeah. Terrible. And why is that Cleveland? I don't know. I, I got another thing. I saw Justin Bieber naked. I saw it, and um, I don't know the whole thing. Like, I'm not sure how to react to it. Right. <laughs> So Justin Bieber is trying to be less of an arrogant douchebag in his sort of comeback. And, and you hate to say he ever, like, went away, but he kind of did. He kind of was like, you know what? This fame thing is killing me. Taking a year or taking nine months or whatever it is he took. And now he's getting back on. And he's on all these morning talk shows and stuff. And he's doing his best to be a little more sociable, a little more likable, you know, like, like Hillary Clinton is. You know, like if you pop on Saturday Night Live and you don't be an asshole for a while and people are like, oh, look, she's not an asshole 100% of the time. So anyway, he was in some sort of vacation home. He was at a place where he had an expectation of privacy. And he walked around naked and they took his picture because he's Justin Bieber. And uh, now I've seen Justin Bieber's dong. He was like, I saw him talking about it on a radio show, and he was like, almost too cool about it. He's like, you know, like, I think, like, as if it's just my opinion. I'm not sure. I'm open to your ideas, but I think maybe that was a little bit of an invasion of privacy. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, Justin, I think you're safe on that one. And, and I, like, I see these things happen, and there's a lot of people who will be like, well, just don't walk around naked outside. Like, I don't walk around naked outside. I, I pretty much never You're missing do. out. Do you? Like, literally, no. are you outside naked very much? He was on, like, his back porch or something. Uh, 
I walk around in my boxers sometimes because I kind of have an expectation of privacy. I've got this big plot of so, land. And yeah, I, I, I've definitely peed in the backyard sure. before. Just been, um, I've definitely, uh, yeah, if the hot tubs, if I'm going to the hot tub, I, there, I might be naked in the yard. But I'm not just walking around out there naked, and, you know, looking at the stars or anything like that or, you know, cutting the grass or anything like that naked. And that it looked like he was in like a vacation beach house, and he was like running out of, out a back door or something. He was like mid stride when I in the picture I saw uh, coming out of like one of those sliding glass doors. Maybe that's what it was. I pictured him just, you know, dong out with full pride, uh, and you know, like yeah, I'm fucking Justin Bieber. I walk around naked whenever I want to. And- <laughs> Like, that was the whole thought process. And I thought, you know, it, it's a little weird on both sides. It sucks to have people trying to take pictures of you like, like what happened to him. But if they were doing that to me, there'd just be some, you know, Woody took the trash out in his boxer shots. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that, that's all you'd get. Yeah, it's, I think it's a lot tougher if you're a female celebrity because I, I saw the – did you see those pictures of Rihanna, like, sitting in the water and the people, like, taking pictures of her like, like it was a zoo exhibit? No, I didn't. Rihanna's at the beach. She's in the water, kind of floating, uh, like her head's above the water and kind of the tops of her shoulders. And she's kind of like looking out into the ocean. And there's literally half a dozen people, maybe more, just like chubby white people with their phones like this, just standing there, like 15 feet away in the sand, just watching her in the water. And then, of course, like. I mean, I, I, I like I'm on the internet a, not, a lot. So as soon as like Maria Menounez or whatever name, Menuno, whatever the fuck her name is, like as soon as her vagina slips out of her 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 bathing suit, like there's an image of it right there on the internet. So I think it's harder being a female because if you slip it all, uh, it's gonna be broadcast everywhere. It's gonna be this is Kate Hudson's nipple. This is Lindsay Lohan's asshole. This is Britney Spears' pussy. Um, Plus and, and the outfits they wear. Like, especially if you have any kind of sex appeal, make it more inclined to happen, right? Like, there's been no M&M slips because he seems to wear jeans and a white T-shirt an awful lot. You know, I I, I won't give him that because I, I feel like if if I were, let's say I was um who um what's what's fucking Hannah Montana Miley Cyrus if I'm Miley Cyrus but before her career took the the crazy sexy turn and I want to stay wholesome it's really easy not to ever expose a piece of my first of all wear panties like and and it Emma Watson this woman behaves with class seemingly a hundred percent of the time and I disagree you can't wear sheer panties to it to an event that's going to have flash photography like, like, I would know that going in. I would wear, if I'm going to wear one of those dresses that is literally taped at the side so that my breasts aren't exposed, why don't you wear those? They make little uh, things that go over your nipples. I can't think what they're called right now, but they make a tiny little silicone thing that glues right to your nipple and, and make sure that no one will ever see it. They make panties that, and, and there's no reason not to wear panties that will cover your whole pussy, okay? Like, my dick's not coming out of these under any circumstances. It's contained. So, like... If, if, if for some reason, like, you don't want a panty line, there are dozens of panty options that will not create a panty line or interfere with your sheer dress or gown or whatever you want to wear. But if you don't want to show your vagina or your pubic hair or your nipples, it can be achieved with virtually any dress. She did I, slip up. There's no, so, so people know we're referencing. She was getting out of a – she was wearing, like, a tight black dress. My wife calls him a skinner. Yeah, and, she was underage in that photograph. 
I've never seen it. I, I, I had, I've heard about it. <laughs> so, so she, and, and as she was getting out of the, the limo, and I didn't know she was underage in that, that she's getting out of the limo. Yeah, she did one leg, then the other. And for the briefest of brief moments, you could, you could see down her, up her dress. And, uh, in the one I saw, she's sitting in the she's she's like doors closed. She's in there, but they're at such an angle that they can see up her her skirt, and uh, and you can see you can you kind of see through her panties. You might be right. I might be remembering it wrong. I thought it was as she entered and exited it. The Britney it, Spears one is like that, but she's not wearing panties at all. Well, she's guilty. You know, it, it, to me though, like I don't think it's that uncommon for women to wear like what on a guy would be mega sexy underwear just like lacy see-throughy whatever like that strikes me as a couple days a week where like that just happens and um uh anyway i just feel like with women it's a it's a it's a little more perilous than with guys in terms of all the nip slip craziness and um you know getting in and out of limo trick and stuff like that yeah it uh... I just feel like I would wear something that you couldn't see up. I, 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 I'm sure there's a skirt. There's... you got to go full-on Taylor Swift, you know, like never even showing a belly button to not have that kind of risk. I mean, like like cheerleaders wear those panties. What do they call them, bloomers or something like that? Those panties that cheerleaders wear are, I mean, that's what they're made for. They're made to, to you know, it's for you to be able to. I don't get that. Like, it, it, so I get the bloomers are a little thicker. So you can't see the camel toe like that much. I understand, but it still feels like you're seeing a girl in her underwear to me. Um, the bathing suit under like I was talking to my daughter about it and I was like, this bathing suit underwear thing, it all looks pretty much the same to me. It doesn't make much sense, except in one instance, you're supposed to freak out and in the other, you're not. Yeah. And my daughter's like, if it means anything to you, I'm a girl. And it doesn't make much sense to me either. You know, you, your bathing suits, um, bloomers, all pretty much underwear in my mind in terms of, like, what's being exposed there. I suppose like so. Ba camel toe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the, the best part about the bathing suits. The camel toe. <laughs> yeah. It, when I was a teenager, so this was what happened. Um, I'm, I think, 14 or 15. And uh, I'm working at this, like, retail store or something like that. And one of my coworkers was, like, 17 or 18. But he was a super old-looking 18. Like, he had a full-on beard. I think he was Italian. And he just, like, hairy. He, he could have passed for 25. And yeah. um, his sister comes in. And she's this beautiful blonde. And, uh, and she's my age. Like, within a year. I think we were both, like, 14 or 15. And, uh... I was like, like, wow, like your sister's beautiful. And he's like, huh? What? My sister? In his head, his sister was six, you know, in his head. And he's like, what? Like, you were looking at her? Where were you looking at her? And that brought this question to my head. Like, where am I supposed to be looking at her? In my head, it was boobs at the time. Like, that was all you look at. But I have since grown to look at pretty much everywhere. Um, I, I guess I was just appreciating her whole package. Like, it, she was shapely. She was in shape. She was, whatever, you know. They, she was as pretty as anyone in Hollywood, but my age is a, you know, early teen. So, um, but when he asked me, 
where were you looking at her for like the next two or three years it was like huh like where am i where do you look at girls <laughs> like you know everywhere everywhere yeah so but he was yeah i don't know like i i, I don't i don't think i answered his question probably probably good i her beautiful eyes man look at her eyes <laughs> oh wow yeah she was in a bikini just get lost in them like it, it, what do you say her ass her boobs her eyes is the right answer right there yeah yeah come to think of it dave you've got the same eyes god damn your eyes dave yeah oh i see the resemblance just, just stare just stare at me for a minute just, yeah <laughs> that'll end the yeah. conversation yeah. <laughs> like, all right, man. Let's not talk about this anymore. Uh, let's Dude, just move along. I have had truck fever for over a year now. I remember Wings would get truck fever, and it would seem like he would go. When he caught it, there was no stopping the purchase. Like it was gonna happen. Um, and he bought a couple cars and stuff, you know, in in, in succession. Yeah. We we I. I personally probably made the biggest deal out of it, and I, I want to stop. You know, it's done is done. Quit, quit fussing at the man. But uh, God, it, it doesn't help that we just sold that Apex house. Like, there's a lot of money in the bank right now. <laughs> you know, I could buy five dream trucks. That would be stupid. But um, I, I, don't I know. saw a I saw a Z71 four door today. It was like kind of a white pearl color. And it had a bed cover on it that was the same color, and it was gorgeous. It looked so nice. Um, I really liked the way it looked. It, it looked like a brand new one. Uh, I don't know. I've been all over them. I, I don't know if I've told you about this before. We have a friend of the family. Like I, I really like Roger. That's the dad's name. And Jackie really likes Deb. That's the mom's name. They have a son who Hope dated for some period of time a couple of years ago, but you know they still get along well, and they have a... Uh, older son too anyway it's like the whole family are friends like it's a nice setup and uh roger commutes to work in a ford focus or something but upgrade that to a mustang in your head and uh he also has a diesel like three quarter ton f-250 that he keeps in his garage most of the time it was his daily driver for a bit and when he realized like kind of expensive for a daily driver like he's wearing out the truck and he's fueling it with diesel and it's getting 13 miles to the gallon or something but i i like his situation like i would love to have like a diesel that ready to do work whenever i wanted it to and maybe some sort of other car that was fun you know a lotus esprit is 30 grand that's like a cheap supercar you should go take one for a test drive a three-quarter ton truck? Or no, the Lotus. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Lotus is – that would be a fun video. You should, you, should, you should go test drive – maybe test drive both and make a day of it. Uh, that Lotus is small. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's small on the inside. Um, I feel, but, but people have said that about cars before. Like, like the Porsche Boxster is small, but I fit in there pretty nicely. And the, the Viper small. The, all those uh, sports cars are small. But the Lotus is, is a little extra small. Usually um, when people say it's small, they mean it's hard to get in and out of. Yeah. And in my head, provided that you're – athletic seems like too big a term, right? But, like, I, I'm still of a fitness level where I'm climbing that freaking stable every day. To, just today, 
I took a eight by four foot sheet of plywood, threw it on my back, climbed up a ladder and nailed it in place. Right. I can get out of a car, <laughs> you know, like yeah. getting in and out of a car. Like I'm, I'm fully capable of that. I've never been in one of those before, so I, I I just remember we used to live next to the the dealership, and I'd drive by and look at them every day, and I I would want to know like you know if you're if you're in the car like this and you know you turn around to look out the the back if that's comfortable and all see? that. Yeah, well, okay, sometimes those supercars have huge blind spots, like mega big, because the the what is the rear corner panel the rear pillar called? Is there is it the D pillar? I don't know. But uh, anyway, I, I think they just go by how many there are, and it would be like the D pillar. Those things are like two feet wide, which you know, w when you take your you know blind spot and go out, yeah, it's it's gigantic. But I think that would be a neat idea, and it would be a neat like just test drive both of them and see what's up. I uh, I uh, cool. I took my transmission out of the truck the other day after a fight with the transmission. Um, got it out. I think it weighs about 220 pounds, so I guess. I I've done that before, but it was, um, it sounds like my tranny was much smaller than yours and I could take the transfer case off first, but I, I just put like a hydraulic jack on it, sort of lifted I took, it like a tiny bit, like a quarter inch. So I knew it was holding it and then lowered it. Is that what you did too? Yep. How'd that go? It took, it took about two hours, something like that. I got it dropped off with a mechanic. He's rebuilding the transmission and uh, putting a new transfer case on. So that should be done in about a week, I think, as long as nothing goes wrong. He seemed pretty confident in what he was doing. How come you pulled the tranny for him? Did it save that much money? Um, I got a, I got the floor lift and everything. Um, oh, you do? Yeah, my dad's place. Uh, that's what I aspire to have. Yeah, you it's... You probably didn't see my videos. I did, like in the last days whatever but i we got all the stuff off the trailer from my apex house i don't know that was nice. related to the floor lift for me but when we build that building all that stuff will go in um yeah I, i've cut my my run rate a little bit so it's, it was 110 dollars a month to store that stuff <clears throat> now that's not money i ever actually spent but it's money i avoided and the apex house i didn't realize it was costing me so much but it cost about 500 bucks a month to own um it was a hundred something for the lawn care service, which we just kept going while we were gone. And um, then when you add the, that seems like a lot because your yard yeah. was so small. Mine's eighty, and they come with like three mowers. It's three guys come, and each of them is on a piece of equipment the whole time for for eighty uh, a week. That's about what eighty a week. Do you mean eighty a month? Yeah. Um. No, I mean eighty every time they come. I think. Yeah. So you're paying more. Oh. You got more yard. This was like mm -hmm. 130 a month. So oh, they come every week. About that, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a lot different then. And um, um, they 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 did a bad job actually. I was gonna say they did a fine job, but they didn't. They did really shitty. <laughs> as a matter of fact, there's a big dead spot in the backyard that never regrew, because they they came and they sprayed Roundup in the backyard, and someone was like, no no no, wrong house, wrong house. And if you don't know, you do, but if, for those who don't know, Roundup kills anything. Usually you'd put Roundup uh, over the land and then, like, turn it up, let the Roundup dissipate and die, you know, stop being Roundup, like, over a week, and then plant grass there because you've got nice, fresh, everything dead. And uh, I, I guess someone was having that done, but they came to our house, killed the grass, said, whoopsie, 
and just left a big dead spot in the back. It looked like shit. That um, sucks. The front looked like it, it really looked bad, but it wasn't tall, so I didn't care and just kept the homeowners association off me, and that was that. Well, that's good. I'm glad you got that thing sold. So what? So it was the the lawn care, and what else was making up that 500? The lawn care, the homeowners insurance, the real estate taxes, and then the electric and the uh, gas and the um, uh, trash and all that stuff. So um, that's it's all done now. It would have been it been pretty funny if some PKA fan had taken it upon himself to go over there and start squatting. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I found a squatter. I, Gotta roust him. Right? Like, if you see a guy in your house, and you, I think that's. You know, I I definitely have a gun, and we see where it goes from there. You think know? I'd take him prisoner? Ask a few questions. Uh, <laughs> alert the authorities. Maybe shoot him with a beanbag round or something. He would I gotta... not be a successful squatter. There would be no like, oh, my hands are tied. <laughs> no, he no, wouldn't. I. I wouldn't put up with that either. I feel like I'd go. I'd be like, you know what? I'll be right back. I'm gonna go get Jeremy and Scott. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna come over here while I'm not here, and I bet when I come back in an hour, you won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not gonna be any successful squatting. And I don't like that. Whenever I see like, like yeah, they're talking about squatters' rights or whatever, and it's like, no, you can't invade this fucking house. I loved it when that that reporter was like. All right, I'm moving in too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got his bathrobe and everything. She's like, you can't. And he's like, the the balls on her to, to to like come be. I hate to say it, but to be uppity about him wanting to move in with her when she's the squatter. He, he's like, no, no, the owner's cool with me being here. It's only you he doesn't want being here. I got this piece. Yeah, it was great. Hey, I like so, that. So Joe Rogan did this thing, and, and maybe I heard it before him too. But it's about being the hero of your own life story. My wife has a black on the wall about it so he didn't come up with it but anyway everyone should be the good guy and most people are and i often look at the bad guy and think how in their head is it possible that they're the good guy right like if you're a gang member you're protecting this turf from other people this is our territory etc all the people that live here are my probably not and i know you've said many times like no there it's all about money and who gets to sell drugs on that corner and stuff. But I think in their head, they feel like they were born here. They're entitled to it. It's always been theirs, etc. And, and I don't know. They're, that's just their community and they're defending it. I, uh, I asked myself like how the Nazis thought they were good guys when they killed so many Jews. But, um, I read that the reason that Jews were disliked was because they were very wealthy. And even though they were a small part of the population, they had a, oversized like exposure like um you know, lots of people knew about them because they were so wealthy and successful and that made them an easy target to hate and and i mean hell bernie sanders next to adolf hitler there it is yeah so uh, and hitler, hitler blamed you know the fails of failures of world war one on the jews he made that made them a scapegoat and you know they one of the one of the things about the jews has always been that they they would lend money when the the gentiles wouldn't back in time when they the only money lenders were the jews and they would lend money within their own group. They would, uh, you know, charge interest to the Gentiles, and they, and so they're only absorbing wealth, never putting it back into the the system. So they they keep charging interest to to Gentiles, and they only spend the money within the Jewish community. So 
they're just absorbing wealth into their own little uh, God, part of the population. I don't mean to be racist about it or whatever. My, my um, brother-in-law lives in like Jackson, New Jersey or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sees that exact same thing playing out right now. You know, they go in, they own, like they get voted in the politics because they vote for each other. They declare all their houses to be um, synagogues, so they're not paying any taxes, and like it, they let them run down. Like they're, they're it's did not you all see Jews, of course, but these Jews are doing that, and um, the I don't know some of the tactics that they're doing are the ones that made them got them in trouble in the first place. <laughs> uh, so I saw a. I saw a chart today that claimed that taxing uh, religion in this country would would create seventy one billion dollars in revenue. That is such a like third rail politically though. Like, it... I feel like if Bernie Sanders includes that with his other ideas, he can he can he can round up that eighteen trillion, make it feasible. So you need to tax the religion, cut all the military, and what was the other one? Tax the religion, cut the military. Was six trillion of it because? Let's see. He was going to sell Florida to money. Germany. Oh, that's not true. Was it because it was sa- Was there six trillion worth of saving money on healthcare? There was five or six trillion worth of saving uh, savings there, um, but there was an, a, another number. I, I read thought something but... else. Like that eighteen trillion number has been debunked mm-hmm. because fifteen trillion of it apparently is like. What we currently pay for healthcare? I think that's 14. Yeah, I, I think the, I think the the outlook for Obamacare of the next 10 years is 14 trillion in cost. Um, it, it's but it's not really like oh oh. It, so I heard 15. I don't know what the truth is, but I I do know that the number I heard was 15. You may have heard 14. Um, but that's like the size of the healthcare industry. So yes. what they're saying is, oh, if the government's going to pay that, one, it won't go down a penny. Two, like it. Right now, I might pay directly into the health insurance industry. If I pay the government, which pays it, that's not, like, from my perspective, my expenses haven't changed at all. I just have a roundabout payment method now. So it's not fair to call that a straight-up tax increase. Hmm. But um, I'm I, looking forward to see who wins this uh, the presidency. It's, it's a real clusterfuck. Did you see the SNL skit with uh, Larry David playing uh, Bernie Sanders? Yes. I like that. I, I like the Hillary Clinton line. She's she something about the version of her that she and her aides have presented for you tonight, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's really so true. Are going to like the version of me? Yeah, yeah. Um, her, I, I, the actress who's so, so Larry David, I thought did a good job. I, I you know, I, I I always see him channeling. Well, it's him. You know, George Costanza is based off Larry David, so. You, but you see, so reverse engineer. I, I see George Costanza in his Bernie uh, performance. But the the lady who's doing the uh, the Hillary Clinton, the lady who's, who's who was Hillary Clinton, was excellent. I thought her her she had the crazy eyes and the mannerisms and and the accent was pretty good. You're she was SNL awesome. And you can get that thing. And that yeah. really helps with your jobs. Like if you're the guy that does Obama, and then Obama wins the election, you have to be like yes. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it's so much job security in, a, in an industry with none. For a while, they didn't have one. I remember, like, when Obama first. I do it. In. The guy from Portlandia, I think. Um, I think Fred Armisen. I think they had. No, it's not Fred Armisen. It's the other one. I can't help you with. This. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> in any case, but yeah, they they had a white. He looks a little ethnic. Like he's probably Jewish. They had a. I'm pretty sure they had a Jewish guy playing him. 
Um, but but yeah, they didn't have a fucking black guy to play him. They had to get one. There was an uproar <laughs> in the black community that they got a white guy to play it. Like he took a black guy's job, and I see where they're coming from. I guess. But I, I'm surprised that there's enough black people watching SNL for there to be an uproar. <laughs> I, I didn't. Oh, did you see um, um, Eddie Murphy's Bill Cosby uh, impression? He was accepting some award. Uh, it was like the Mark Twain Award or some bullshit. Uh -huh. And uh, he gets on stage. He gets on stage. He's got the award. He's like, "Doesn't Bill have one of these? <laughs> Y'all gonna make him give it back?" <laughs> he's like, "You know, you done fucked up when they taking your awards back." <laughs> and then he starts. He goes into his Bill Cosby impression. And it was pretty good. It's like a minute. He did like a minute of uh riffing on bill cosby there as he accepted the award but it was it was pretty funny i um oh. i was on this <laughs> ask reddit thread and they were like you know tell me one thing that you wish you didn't know and uh one of the big ones was that eddie murphy is a complete douchebag and super difficult to work with and like he's just not a good guy in real life like god oh, how disappointing yeah i i hear that stuff about a lot of those guys and i, and I wonder how much of it is is true and how much of it is like maybe jealousy i i saw a thing the other day so there's that guy he's kind of overweight he's got blonde spiked up hair he's on the food network and uh he got it's like don he drives around in a red camaro I can picture him. okay so i i saw a thread where they were calling that guy as being as being a homophobe they someone who had worked on his show was saying that Whenever he was going to go to any restaurant, he, he had requested that if there's any like gay people there, let me know. I need to know before I get there if there's going to be any gay people there because those people freak me out. And then that quote goes like kind of viral. And then somebody's like, no, 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 no. As soon as gay marriage was legalized, he officiated the marriage of like 240 couples simultaneously or something like that. Like this is a guy who really supports gay rights. He's he's part of that community. And it's just like just a jealous guy who's I, – I, I, of course. I have two examples of it. One I mentioned the uh, a while ago with um, fisticuffs, saying that I was like a complete jerk or something. But then <laughs> he didn't know what you looked like. Yeah, yeah, he he couldn't, <laughs> couldn't pick me out of a crowd. Yeah, he, like, he he was calling me bitch tits for a while, and and at the time I was really thin, and I'm like, like really was that? Me? And he started saying it was me and the machinima thing. And then, um, which I didn't go to, so that's that's why. You should have made fun of a physical ca physical characteristic of his that he does not possess. <laughs> like, oh yeah, well you got that limp and that gimpy little hand, dude. What's up with that? And he's like, you're not rolling my hands. Nah, I saw you, bro. You got four fingers on your left hand. I saw it. it's all curled up and useless. Nah, I saw your gimpy hand. How do you play them games? You like ask a capper over there, and he's like, that wasn't me. Do you see where I'm coming from? <laughs> yeah, and uh, there was another one. It was at PAX. Someone said that I said something terrible about Colin. I forget what it was that I like referred to him as a retard or I, I don't remember what they said I said about Colin, but there were like several people who confirmed it. Like, you know, I forget who was shit. I, I forget the details. It might have been um, uh, Mr. I try hard told me it was being said, but he didn't want to like out those people. And they're like, he's just like, I don't know what happened. But I trust the people who told me that. Like, they're not the sort that would just make shit up. And, uh, I, like, and I'm trying to figure out where in my head it's coming from. Like, like I, because I, I didn't. And, I, like, what did they overhear from 12 feet away and twist into something else? Like, I, like. Or, you know, maybe they're just fucking with you. I mean, that time that we, we, we like, ran that campaign against Junkyard, like, he hadn't done anything wrong. Uh, we just yeah, thought it'd be silly. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's fun to just mess with somebody who doesn't deserve it because they'll never see it coming. And, you'll, and it's just funny from the outside looking in. There was in. another 
one out of that PAX where apparently I, I tried to force someone into a cab and threatened to ruin their YouTube career. That <laughs> totally didn't happen. Not what? at all. Um, I, what did Were you, happen? like, taking them back to your room or something? I, like... I, I remember one time uh, we were walking back. It was, like, the first night. I don't think you were there. And um, I was properly dressed. I had, like, a windbreaker on or something. And it was cold and not rainy, but, like, drizzly miserable. And uh, someone offered to give me the cab spot. And I declined it because that person had a T-shirt on in Boston in March. And uh, I was like, no, no, you you should take it. You know, I, I And I walked all the way back to the hotel and gave them the spot in the rain because they didn't have good clothes. And I'm like, did that somehow get fucked up into I forced <laughs> someone to get in a cab? Like, I don't know where some of this stuff comes from. But... Uh, yeah, I think it was juice. I feel like I'm a good I put in the cab. Anyway, I feel like I'm an accurate source. Like, like I feel like when I view when I'm when I'm at a thing and I see what goes down that I that I have a good idea of what actually happened. And I've seen people get get things distorted and twisted, and just just scratch my head about how they get to where they got. Um, it's mostly people who are just not minding their own fucking business and <laughs> and, and have like one tenth of the information and like. Saw you do something for five seconds and misinterpreted it. Yeah, overheard something about Colin from 15 feet away and assumed that I was like uh, talking mad trash about my children. Get the fuck out of here. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we were talking about celebrities getting misinterpreted. I can see how it would happen because even at my own stupid Z-list level, it's happened to me several times. I like um. Like, like, I don't hold it against um, Christian Bale. Do you ever he hear that whole excerpt of him freaking out on um, uh, the guy on the set? Yep. Like, to hear his side of it, that guy was fucking up. He, he's like, I'm over here trying to fucking act. I'm in this scene emotionally. And you're walking around in the background over there with a light. He's like, what are you doing? And it, it, I could understand. I, I was with him for, like, the first minute. But then he just hammers this guy for another three minutes. And at one point, he says something like, I will ruin you. I will ruin you. You'll never work again. And it's just like all this harsh stuff. And you can hear um, one of the co-stars come in and be like, yeah, just calm down, man. Just calm down. <laughs> and like he can't, he can't let it go. And then, of course, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it live. I'll do it live. Like. I don't. I, I got. I understand what stress is like and how you can freak out in a moment. I, uh, I understand fucking bad grips. Like I was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I forget. It was that dance on thing. And of course, I didn't go all Christian Bale on anyone externally. Internally, I did. Um, which is to say, in my own head. I'm over here working. Like we're filming shit, and we keep having to do retakes because they're assembling things in the background. Or when they're not assembling things, they're like joking and smoking and whatever and it's like you fuckers you know like you're goofing off you are goofing off and we are making the product and fucking stop sabotaging us like it's it's hard and you know it was a, it was a competition it was a lot of money like i cared and uh you know of course i never did or said anything but in my head i was brutal yeah, I I don't think anybody likes that when they're trying to do a thing and somebody else is, like yeah. I mean, and it's not just like, like I don't, I guess we've been filming at times and there'd be someone who'd mess it up or whatever and it doesn't bother me from my own standpoint. It's it's not like oh you wasted my precious time. That's not how I feel. It's just like 
you wasted all of our time, and there's like 30 people's time being invested. So every second isn't, you can't count 30 seconds of wasted time as 30 seconds of wasted time. It's 30 seconds times 30 of wasted time. It's You're wasting like 900 seconds over here every time you, you fuck up, bro. Here, somebody dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, 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 uh, so, so I don't like that. Uh, you know, if there's a bunch of people working on a thing together, I can definitely understand how you get get uh, out of shape. So I, I, I take most of what I read on the internet uh, with a grain of salt unless there's like multiple. You know, Bill Cosby, like the first couple women, I was like, oh, Bill, come on. They just want that Huxtable money. That's all this is. They want that Jello cash. But, you know, by, by girl 47, I was like, oh, Bill's a rapist. All right. Good to know. I guess he, I, I don't know. I, I still feel like there's no proof. Just women coming out of it. Dude, we should come out. Next PKA, we should say Cosby rapist. I'm not old enough. I am, I think. Yeah, you could have been. Yeah. You were in New, I bet you were in New Jersey while he was in New York. Um, yeah, yeah. You could probably work make something up. I don't know. I've, I've heard some excerpts of some of the stories and stuff, and some of these girls were like 16 when it started, and they talk about the quaaludes and stuff. And while... Well, I think part of his, his thing was, like, doing quaaludes and having sex, right? I think that was part of it. Mm-hmm. But I, it was definitely more than that in some cases. It was like, oh, you're not, a, you're not conscious anymore. And he's, he's like, knocking him out. I, I feel like he was knocking him out and fucking him. That, that, was his, that seems like his M.O. He, he, he invites these women up to his hotel room. Really I've got a, like he says, you know, I've got a part for you. I've got a thing that maybe you could do. And, you know, then he slips something in their drink or, or whatever and – that seems like every girl is telling a very similar story. Although some one girl was talking about like he takes me in the dressing room and like he puts his back to the door so nobody can come in and like forcibly makes me blow him and like comes in my hair and like there's this whole thing. So Bill's in trouble. I saw I don't recall the exact details, but I but it's going badly for him. A, a judge made some sort of decision about how the civil case can proceed uh, recently in in a couple of the incidences. So. He's like 78, I think. I was thinking, he's like Walter Frey. It doesn't matter what you do to him, he won. He lived a gloriously rapey life. You're wrong about that. His his legacy, his legacy and what he meant for the black community meant everything to him. I guarantee if you'd said, Bill, here's a gun, and go and hang on to that, you got two choices. You can end it all or there's going to be this scandal uh, next week. He'd have ended it all. Like I guarantee, he would he would have chosen death over dishon- over this kind of dishonor. I feel like his legacy is it, I meant everything to him. He was always the kind of guy who was trying to be upright and uh, set a good example for the black community. You know, he'd go after guys like Eddie Murphy and and all those guys for for uh, not He's setting a good words. example, yeah. bad words, you know, sagging your pants, all that stuff. And and now he's exposed as like what he is, and 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 all that is tarnished. I, I feel like he's been hurt badly. And I feel like they're going to put him in jail. 78 really good years. He's going to have like one bad one. His life's better than almost everybody's. His life will, but I, I think, I, I really do think his legacy meant, meant a lot to him. I, I think, I think that he thought that he was going to be remembered for, for a long time. And that was important to him. Okay. Let's say you take a regular person and be like, all right, get this. You're going to live a lifetime of fame and fortune. 
you're going to be so beloved that you can rape 47 women and pretty much get away with it. And not just rape them. These are wild, drug-filled quaalude parties. A life up until 78 years old is a non-stop party of fucking and fun <laughs> and drugs and, and cash and cash and just you're gonna rock it and your wife will stand by you the whole way while you cheat on her with everything that moves and then when you're 78 it gets rough <laughs> you want that or would you like to be like a regular guy an accountant now i do want that but I, I just feel like like this is a guy who thought that he was writing the final chapter of a glorious book uh, that he had lived a life that where he just he had so much respect so much esteem in his community like like he's you know old black guy number one uh, just super America's probably one of the most trusted spokes uh, people out there at one time you know he's over there talking about Coca Cola or Jello or whatever it may be and to just the way they're dragging his name through the mud right now, I feel like it's painful for him, and it's bad, and I don't think he likes it a bit. And I think they're going to drag him into civil court, and there's going to be gory details. They're going to be talking about ejaculate and earlobes and, like, fucking, like, rim jobs and, and quaaludes and, and, like, how she woke up with, These like... Are a few of my favorite yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's going to be like, hey, put a pudding pop in my asshole. And, you know, just something awful. Like, he made, he made me call him, you know, Mr. Huxtable, and he, he had his stethoscope on. You know, it's so going to be it's gonna be bad. Get this. So, Brendan Schwab, he uh, he's a retired UFC fighter. He's on a podcast called The Fighter and the Kid. You may have heard of it. It's real successful. And he goes by Big Brown. Anyway, he was talking about, I think it was after Joe Rogan told him he should retire. Do you know this guy yet? Oh, yeah, I know all about this guy. You, you told okay. me. So um, afterwards, I guess he had a little um, introspection, gave it some thought. And he was like, man, you know, like, you're traveling down, and then there's a, a fork in the road. And on one side is like fame and fortune and a roller coaster of a life that ends at 50 and on the other side is a regular life you know where you're an accountant or a computer programmer and it goes to a hundred he's like man that's not me i'll take the 50 every time and i heard that and i thought about it because that's exactly what young woody would have said like oh yeah absolutely Put me in the octagon. Give me a. I want to be part of the show. I want to live a rocking life. You know, I want to. I want to. Want to have the fun. And dying at fifty, not a problem. I'm forty-two now. Fifty still sounds old to me, but I recognize that there will be a time like. Like, I'm not ready to die. Yeah, I. I don't think you have to choose option or A or B. I. I feel like you can ride right down the middle and have your. Have all the fun you want and still have the, a normal life expectancy. In case, he's pursue, he was pursuing a career that caused brain damage. Well, yeah, that's because he's an idiot. I, I mean, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there, I, I don't know if there's that many uh, career choices that are going to give you brain damage that's that guaranteed. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe they're going to be a UFC fighter or I'm going to do heavy drugs for the next 45 years. I haven't decided which. <laughs> Results are going to be about the same, I think. Like, you could end up like Ozzy Osbourne. Or you could end up like uh, Muhammad Ali. Joe um, Luzon told me, he's like, yeah, I figure, I'll, I'll try to do my Joe. Yeah, I figure I'll lose about 5% of my brain, but, you know, still puts me above average. Yeah, I'm pr <laughs> pretty smart to begin with. <laughs>
and, and I, I he might I don't know if he's right or not or, or where he is on that uh, he's yeah. pretty smart but um I I don't know there's nobody else in my life that's volunteered to give up 5% of their intelligence hmm you know I I would probably give up 5% for 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 you know a for Joe, yeah, I could see that for for doing what Joe's done and and, and getting to do all that cool shit. Five percent seems, and, and yeah, it really depends. Like, how do you quantify five percent? Like, am I just five percent? Am I five percent slower? Like, am I gonna? Is it gonna take me five percent longer to do that math problem? Or at some point, am, am I gonna not understand five percent of the math problems that I used to understand? You know what I mean? Like, like how how do you quantify that? The if it was. One in every twenty times I forgot my car key. I can't find my car keys. Oh, if it's forgetfulness, who cares? Uh, you might. I mean, you could you you know make, get a little book or something. You, have to you know, work around that. Yeah. Work um, around that. The yeah. One that scares me the most, and this I haven't seen any evidence of this in Joe, is the uh, sometimes people get aggressive tendencies. Hmm. Like, um, shucks, I was just watching a thirty for thirty thing. I think the guy's last name was Natty. And he was an enforcer for the Montreal Canadiens. And um, do you, have you seen this one by chance? Were there interviews with his father? Yep. yep. It was a real bruiser, like like he uh, like in on and off the ice. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. The guy, the enforcer, his, was a bruiser. His hey, father, yeah, was yeah, yeah. Brown faced. I think he was a Green Beret or something. Oh yeah. Did he have a problem with pills? Uh, yeah. Pain the, pills. The, this is now we're back to the enforcer, but right, Natty had a problem with pain pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's good. Um, it is all the thirty thirties always impress me. Even when I don't give a shit, I'm like, well, it's thirty for thirty. Let's see, you know. Yeah. About some basketball coach who doesn't play defense. Yeah, I watched one about uh, this Texas football team called like Meth something mid something Methodist or something like That's that. It was you. a religious school, and it was uh, I guess they were che- they were cheating so much that they were just. They just took. They, they didn't let them play football for Sounds a few like years. Southern Methodist SMU. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it was. I, don't, I was gonna say they were the first school. They're, they're the first school I know about that got the death penalty. Like they pulled all their scholarships and stuff. Yeah. Yep, yep. No football for like two years or something like that. Just yeah. killed them. And all their players left, of course, at that point. So like, and it was a dynasty. They had one. I mean, you can't really have a dynasty in college football, but they were they were they were one of the top tier teams mm-hmm. every year, and they had been for a while because they were cheating so much. They had. College kids on the payroll, whether it was a new car or 500 bucks a week or whatever it may be, like they were just, they had a professional college football team. But uh, anyway, this guy, Natty, afterwards, he was real aggressive. And, and like what served him really, he didn't take any shit. He took no shit from anybody. And like on the surface, that seems admirable, right? Like, yeah, that guy takes no shit, etc. But it makes you not fit in the world. Yeah. Like it, when your boss says, like, all right, you're going to play tonight, you know, and you're a hockey player and you're like, fuck you. I'm insulted by the fact that you didn't play me up until now. So now that you like uh, the, the people in front of him, like the line got hurt. So he's like, all right, we need you. Fuck you. Because those guys shouldn't have been in front of me. And, and it makes him not fit in in the world. Like on the ice, it's kind of cool that. Like he um, he would not just fight on the ice. He would want to like meet you in the parking lot. Like he was fucking <laughs> like crazy. And 
Um, on the, the typical enforcer in the NHL, right? Uh, they're kind of reluctant enforcers. You think they're all go for it, go for it, go for it. But in reality, they get nervous before the game because they know they're going to be in a fight that night. Not unlike a regular person. And they're all like their their hand is hurt and they sure would like to not fight right now but there's an honor code and all that stuff and um that's anyway this guy was different he didn't seem to give a fuck about starting a fight ever he was always in for it and not he was a good fighter too he was a good fighter too and he wasn't excited about it he was just psycho about like he didn't care (laughs) <laughs> he didn't care about the consequences, about anything. He was always about, like, standing up, not taking any shit at all. And on the ice, that kind of worked for him. He had, like, a 12-year or 14-year career. But outside of that, like, he couldn't hold a job. He couldn't, like, nothing worked for him. And he was a terrible speaker. Not mumbly-mouthed or anything, but he was just a man of so few words that you couldn't hold a conversation with him. It mm. seemed that that was my observation. Yeah, I like those thirty for thirties. They're they're always good, like you said. Amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I um, I don't know. I don't, I don't make videos anything like theirs, but um, somehow I feel like the people that do this and their storytelling put me in my place because they're just great. Uh, I, I yeah, but um, I forget how I got on this topic. Are we talking about? Oh. It seemed like he got a little aggressive. He got like he oh, didn't yeah. fit in the world. That that brain damage you see it in football players a lot. That they, they, they hit their wives and stuff. And you know some of it's just the pressure of being in the position they're in and all the eyes looking at them and stuff. And and, and the like when they're in a there's a ton of pressure and you get these accolades like you're some superhuman who can't do wrong. Maybe they try and get away with shit they otherwise wouldn't mm. have. But. Um, also the the brain damage like uh, a lot of these guys that try to kill themselves or, or do kill themselves when they look at their brains afterwards they're like ah right here that's why he's suicidal this part of the brain got fucked up yeah that sometimes happens a long time afterwards and i don't know there's no evidence I, that that happened to joe but it's a it's a thing that i fear i think pro football is in trouble in the next say 10 years i think something's gonna happen it's uh, it's getting more and more traction. This whole uh, concussion thing and the long-term uh, aspects of it, and and it, and we're getting more information about how frequent the concussions actually are. I think we're, uh, fifty. I think they said they were like five. Are they five or six weeks into the season, something like that? And fifty-six concussions so far, and those are the reported ones. So, you know, you're getting ten concussions a week, every week out there that that are reported. And it's not good. It, you see that with, with all those guys. You, long-term effects of these things where they just aren't there by the time, by the time they retire. They've beaten their bodies apart and their, their minds are gone too. I think something's going to happen. One thing that might help with this, I could be totally off on this. And I'm, and I'm like freshly sensitive on these Reddit threads that rip us about our sports knowledge. <laughs> oh, wait, those guys are idiots. We know more about sports than they do. Fuck them. Basketball should be 4v4. There's, there's, that's been brought up many times. I'm not the first person to say that they should go to 4v4. Four, four, I think four I'm v right four. about the 10-foot nets, though. I still disagree with you on nah, that. Nah, bring them up to 12 feet. It should be fucking hard as hell to dunk. 
Like, like it should be it should be it should be rare. Like there shouldn't be like constant dunking, and there should be a four point line. I said move the three point line back. Leave it alone. Add a four point line a few feet back. I saw someone propose that recently. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because I don't know adding a four point play without a, a foul. Um, like it really closes some leads. You know, when you're eight points ahead and your lead's not safe. I just need to think that through because that's a major change. Um, the twelve. It's even net, for both sides. It is. That's true. Um, the twelve foot net. I'm just totally not down with that. I don't like. Yeah, twelve. Games. I like the acrobatic ten foot thing we got. It'll here. still be acrobatic. There are guy. There are plenty of guys out there who can dunk a twelve foot goal. Uh, I, I think you'll see a lot of lay-ins and finger rolls and stuff just because. I don't it's care. A, Oh, and the ball size. I don't like that either. It, they use the same fucking... These behemoth, gigantic people are using the same size ball as they recommend for a 15-year-old white kid. Like, like the ball size doesn't change when you go from 15-year-old white kid... Um, I think it's 12. Maybe maybe that's what they recommend for 12-year-old white kids. I was looking at the ball sizes, like 17 and a half inches or something. No, that ball should be much bigger. It, they shouldn't be able to manipulate it like they're holding a baseball. They're, it's it's bullshit. They, all, I, all I'm saying with the basketball thing is it was a game designed for maybe some six-foot-tall white guys, and now we have seven-foot-tall black guys playing it, and maybe we need to look at that. I just feel like you've got much more person playing the game than you used to and and maybe the game needs to be adjusted accordingly maybe an 11 foot goal you know but it's 10 but 10 too low i was just saying something was it hockey oh oh football so I, I i'm not an expert in football but i do know a lot about hockey even if not current rosters and one interesting thing about hockey that keeps it sort of in check is the way the players regulate each other you know you can't wear a face mask in hockey because players want to punch each other um mm. you uh, like a lot of advancements or changes that might have happened in other sports are brought back down to reality. Like people don't take a run at stars very often because you know if you hit Gretzky, McSorley's coming for you, mm. and um, that doesn't happen in football. I feel, or at least not a, not not as much. Like there is a guarantee: you hit Gretzky, you're fucked. You know, this is McSorley's life. His like. What he does, he's been retired for a long time, but everyone still knows, don't touch Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come get you right yeah, now. You don't know. Like, McSorley could be here. It's a big problem for you. And uh, uh, in football, it seems like, like if you just run at a guy, like you get a 25-yard run, you put your helmet down, you blast him, and... Uh, it's like, oh, good hit. Whereas yeah. in hockey, if you hit too hard like that, someone's going to fight you over it. And mm. it sucks. And play, like, y even at the NHL level, they're not fearless. They're like, oh, I'm totally going to get my nose broken for doing this. It's, I, well, I, I don't, wonder I don't... if football had fewer pads and more fights, if they would keep things more in check. So you think the answer is more violence. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if everyone's going to rip on us for saying it. But I'm just saying this is tested in hockey. Um, mm. Hockey helmets, they've become a little more concussion-proof. Like, I don't understand the physics of it, but the chin pad is much better, and apparently that helps a ton. And um, it's a little thicker up top. So they're, they're a little more concussion-proof. But they're not weapons. 
Whereas football helmets have become like weaponized. Like if I can brace for impact and hit it in the right spot in my forehead or something, like I, I can hit you so hard that you'll hate it and I'll be fine because this he- was helmet is my best club. Mm-hmm. And people use well, I mean, your brain's on board for that ride. It's got to go from full speed to instant stop. It's it's hurting everybody. That's the it, real. That's the is, problem. Is the guy who delivers the hit is hurt, and the guy who receives the hit is hurt. If I can hit you. If I can hit your chin with my forehead, that's an oh accident. god, yeah, I win. That, yeah, yeah, that's an accident. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's t-boning. You could, if you t-bone them, then you, then you win the race <laughs> for sure. Uh, I I just. I don't know what what's going to be done with the uh, with, with professional football, but something's going to have to happen. I, I I see more and more like people are turning on the sport. Another thing you could do more steroid testing. Now I don't know if these guys mm. are on roids or not, but they look like they are. Yeah, they look like they're yeah, super I bet. humans. It, it UFC I, has cracked down on steroids to such a level that you're seeing like all the guys you sort of thought were on steroids, their bodies change a lot. You know, Jimmy Hendrix, Johnny Hendrix, I'm sorry, who, uh, like, GSP wanted testing, 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 and he wouldn't submit to it. Um, now he can't make weight anymore, you know? Mm. Like, that's that steroids, or there are drugs. I don't know about steroids in particular, but there are drugs that really help you cut weight. Guy can't make weight mm-hmm. anymore. Um, uh, T- Vidor Belfort, I can't think of names right now. He looks like, dude, <laughs> Vitor Belfort was like 35 36 when he became the man suddenly he's like <laughs> the toughest guy around they call him um trt fort or something like that or, or trt bell fort but the, the, that version of him the drugged version of him like when you're in your late 30s and you have a career resurgence like no <laughs> that's not how that goes and and he yeah, did not in that sport now they started drug testing <clears throat> and he fought Chris Weidman and everyone's like, whoa, like suddenly like it, it's like his whole body melted a little bit. Like his skin was looser. His muscles mm. were smaller. He was a different guy and he got the shit kicked out of him. I would I'd be willing to bet that the guys playing football out there, it, it, professional sports are so high, uh, high pressure. It's so high pressure. If you're out there uh, in the NFL and you're you're the cornerback and, and you know there's five more guys waiting behind you who are just want it just as bad as you are, you're all probably doing the same drugs, you know. And, and you you know you know you you blow this play and they score and you're done. You you might be done forever. They might just fucking cut your ass and then and you know you like it. So in basketball, I look at what happens with the bodies. Now I'll temper this by saying, a lot of guys get. Like, especially if they're pro athletes from 22 to 28, you know, they're going to get sort of bigger and stronger. And, and yeah. Um, but I don't, they, they emerge from college, these skinny kids, and then they go in the, in the league and five, six years later, they're so superhuman. It feels like there's roids involved. And if they were to just test the hell out of them, I'd be interested in seeing how that yeah, could I, and it could make football safer. Yeah, definitely so. I, I I'll agree with that. Yeah, probably so. And, and and I see a lot of those late hits in football and some of those flagrant fouls that just seem you know when you see your guy do it, you're just like, why, why? Now we fucking get a penalty. Like that was it. That was fourth down. Now you fuck. You just gave him a first down, asshole. Like this could be the game changer. Why did you have to stomp on his shin? 
you know? And I feel like maybe that's caused by roids because they seem so mindless. Like, I'd like to believe that those guys aren't buffoons out there, although whenever you see them on the microphone, often it turns out they, yeah. especially in the, a lot of the, are, are like sports stars. I, I hate that they have so, as much influence as they do because they're such dummies. You'll get those guys on a microphone, and I love whenever it comes out that like this guy can't read or that guy like didn't pass like you know basic math or couldn't you know they they faked his grades through college and stuff like that. All those guys who are some of them are functionally illiterate, like borderline retarded playing major league sports. That's the that's a fact. And and they try to keep those guys away from the mic, but it happens occasionally. <laughs> or you'll hear you'll get their their college transcripts, or you'll you'll hear about it. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's tons of drugs in those professional sports, all of them. Like drugs we don't even know about. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm sure there's amphetamines going on to keep you sharp. And you know, when you're on the play, like it's like super focused. As soon as that snap goes off, to get you that extra, you know, fraction of a second. But I bet there's stuff to help them heal. There's probably blood doping going on in the sports where there's lots of. Uh, I mean, all of them have lots of running, right? Like you're up and down the court for three quarters in basketball. Some blood doping would probably help if your if your red blood cells were super saturated with oxygen, you know it's it's gonna be easier for you to do that every single night. Can I, I just think back to an earlier topic. Yeah. So, would you rather have a nice truck that you drove all the time, and uh, like kind of a beater car that's available to you, or your situation, which is a nice car you drove all the time, with I don't want to call your truck a beater, but it, you know, an older truck mm -hmm. that uh, that you just used when you needed to do truck stuff. Which one do you want? Nice car or nice truck? I personally like the like the, like the nice car right now. If I had to choose, um, I, I'd like. A, a, I don't know when it was. Eight months ago or something. You were kind of leaning the other way, maybe. I don't. I, like, all right. So, so my other truck's about to be fixed, and it's a 2008. It's okay. I'll uh, I'll probably stick with those two for a while, the the Camaro and the 2008 Chevrolet. Once I get it. But if I had to choose between um, like a brand new truck and the old, oh, that's what I was thinking a while back. Yeah, I was saying that it would be nice to have maybe a brand new truck and a like an old car. But by old car, I mean like you know a 68 Camaro or a 65 Mus. You know, like a, a car that I fixed up myself. That with the car thing, you're really achieving the same thing because you just really want something that looks good and is fast and you know it's a cool car. So I don't care if it's a brand new one or you know when before I bought that Camaro, my my thought process. I went my dad. I was like, I'm either gonna get a brand new Camaro or I'm going to buy um like a whole uh, body kit for a '69 Camaro and build one from the ground up, but with all brand new parts, build myself a brand new '69 Camaro. And it would have cost uh, quite a bit of money. It was going to be like $30,000 to do it. But it would have been a brand new 69 Camaro from the ground up. And he was like, oh, you want that new air conditioning. You want that new radio. You want that OnStar. You want the heated seats. You want the stuff that you're not going to have in a 69 Camaro that we built. And that convinced me. So, But, you know, I could go either way. Jizz, it's, it's nice. Jizz was looking at Mustangs for a while, like. That was a good price. He the, that last sixty five he sent. He should have got. He should get that, dude. So here's what happened, and I described it in these words to him, and he he agreed. I was he's looking for eight months, right? Every day from California, he moves out here. He keeps looking every day. He's on Craigslist, just kind of scouring, looking at it, learning the market, and he's particularly interested in Mustangs. But you know, looking a little broader, but especially interested in Mustangs. And then, like you said. He kind of found the right one. Did you say it was a 65 Mustang? I believe it was a 65, yeah. And uh, uh, the guy had 
done a lot of work to it. Like the motor had was in great shape and the transmission was in great shape. And he he did a, he had this long list and it was a lot of the fundamental stuff that you need a car to be good at. Um, it hadn't had paint yet, but it seemed like you do paint and like a modicum of interior work, and you've got a nice daily driver that everybody loves. And uh, these are the words I was like: sometimes when the dog catches the car, he doesn't know what to do, because that's exactly what happened. He finally like this is the thing I should do and just didn't do it just mm. he stopped looking for like he stopped chasing cars too he's just mm. um, he's not buying a car right now I Chiz enjoys a rising bank account that's one of his favorite things and uh, you know there is a certain truth to the fact that you know, cars cost money like I think he should buy that thing, and he should fix it up, and then he should sell it, and then he should do it again. And maybe the – and I'm not saying he turned a profit, but maybe the learning experience of fixing up a car and, and, and the, the emotional enrichment is worth the maybe you know $2,000 that it, the whole process cost him. Or just keep the fucking car at the end. You got a nice car. He should have done that. He needs some wheels. I feel like he should have some wheels too. I, I've been – thinking about it. this is one of my vlog topics and I, I can't give too much away but um like what's important in life uh you know money's one of them finance is one of the pillars and uh it's the cool thing about having some money and and your whole house does this even though not all of you have tons of money but um control over your own time that's the best part like when you have mm -hmm. control over your own time that's a really neat thing to have not everybody's suited to that, though. Some people are just like, eh, now what do I do? Uh, guess huh. I'll just sit here all day and don't know what... Some people don't have imagination. That, that's what goes back to why I should be Notch's uh, event coordinator or fun, <laughs> or like professional fun manager, or whatever you want to call it. Because he's got no... There's a guy with no fucking imagination. Like, Yeah, but but anyway... Having control over your own time is, in my opinion, the purpose of money. That That's what that's all about. Um, and I don't know how I got back to Chiz. Chiz likes his money, and it's great, and he's got control over his own time. But there's other aspects of life, too, like you know, like all the relationships you want to have and nurture and stuff, you know, and, um, and fitness yeah. that matter as well. You know, a while back, Chiz was uh, – I'm not – diverting a little but Chiz was talking about um i guess like doing that cross-country driving a, a shit wagon that we put together yep, yep. well i don't think that would be that much fun because cross-country driving isn't fun isn't that much fun when you're in a nice car and everybody's in the same car with the radio and joking and having a good time even then it kind of sucks <laughs> so i'm just imagining by myself looking at the gopro like nobody's gonna watch this <laughs> like doing that but I think it would be fun if we had like junker cars and we did either a a demolition derby or b some sort of like rally some sort of racing in like junk cars. I know there are leagues that do this because every every now and then I see someone with a race car on a trailer, but it's not a race car. It's like a Ford Focus that's beat all the hell with a big seven painted on the side, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do some of that. Like I feel like that'd be cool. I um, I'm trying to remember. My friend participated in a race car league. And I think you were supposed to spend $1,500 on your car. Mm -hmm. And you could spend anything you wanted. You could spend 15000 on your car if you wanted to have a competitive advantage. But here's the trick. 
if someone offers you 1500 for your car, you have to mm-hmm. sell it. So, yeah, like, you know, like you, you dominate the race. I don't like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you see, like, it, it, it's supposed to be about the driver, not the budget. So you're all out there in, like, piece of shit cars, and I can buy yours for 1500 and, you know, then, then, like. That's how you get into that. You should just show up and be like, that one. <laughs> come on, come on. Now I've got a car. Like, I, I would never build a car if that were the case. I, it, I, I don't know what the winning strategy. Do you show up with like a hundred dollar car, buy one for fifteen hundred, upgrade, and then raise that until, until he does it back to you? I, I just, because in my head, like it. So if the if it didn't have that buyback rule, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna start with fifteen hundred. I'm gonna find out the best way to uh, spend my fifteen hundred first of all. But then my time, there's no value on my time, so I'm gonna be in here for hour upon hour, cutting weight and and you know polishing and doing whatever needs to be done to to get every ounce of uh, speed out of this thing. And then they're just gonna be like, I see you spent a few hundred hours tinkering. Fifteen hundred ought to do it. <laughs> and it's just like, no, man, you've got to stop. You just no. Right. right. Yeah. I, I used to be in the off roading. And uh, the way they described it is the first 100 pounds you cut from your buggy is easy, right? This is mm. a buggy open air and stuff. But um, the serpentine belt would run the air conditioner. So a lot of people would just run that compressor. It's like a 15-pound air compressor, and it sucks, I guess, some amount of horsepower away because you're spinning it. But if you want to remove it, now does the serpentine belt even work right it doesn't it's supposed to go out and back now it's going straight is it fucked up is it rubbing on something you can what get size a uh, belt do you have now just get a pulley you think yeah yeah that's what you do hmm well what some people would do is figure out a more con- that sounds like a great way to handle it i don't know but there were people who were like oh yeah on this motor you could just get the belt for this other car and someone had to figure that out and, and make it yeah make it the right size the first 100 pounds is easy, and then people start drilling the centers of bolts. People cut every bolt on their car to be just the right length, right? Like, if it's three inches wide, it's like a three and a quarter inch long bolt, so you can just see the threads when it's fully tightened. And, like, that kind of stuff, you think, you think it doesn't add up, but then you sweep up what you just cut off, and you're like, that was 20 pounds too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, you put all that time into it, getting that hard to, t- to remove weight, and someone, like you said, eh, I'll take yours. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd like that. But I would like, I'd be up for that, because I've seen it a couple times lately. I'd see those junk cars that have numbers on them. Clearly, it's a race car. There's a, I, I don't know if there's a roll cage, but the inside was gutted. And I'm just thinking that'd be fun. I, like, to, even if it was just a, a round uh, dirt track, I'd really like to do rally, like some sort of rally. Go-kart racing. Like I, I think, dude, they're fast. They go like fifty. I'm seven. down. I, I just worry about it being super dangerous. Like it, it's a roll cage, but dude, that one of the guys that he never actually worked on my house, but he came and gave estimates. Uh, he was into go kart racing, and uh, like he was like, "Yeah, I can't do it these days because I'm gonna go to Florida and go kart race." He comes back, someone died. So they, they were doing a 24-hour endurance race. This 15-year-old kid was involved in the racing. The team was doing well, like top five. And he's like, I think he fell asleep because oh. he just went straight. He just went straight, and eventually he drove into a, like a, the trailer for a tractor trailer, lost his head, 
Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, well. I feel at first I was like it flipped or it hit a wall, but he had a he had a perfect head lopping scenario. I uh, whenever there's a roll cage, I'm pretty confident about stuff. Like like, I feel like once you got me in the roll cage, I'm I'm borderline fearless. I'm not gonna drive off a mountain or anything, you but I'm not as afraid anymore. Yes, not, you have to be clever that way, you know, and, and really hold on to that steering wheel. Don't do that. That's how I broke my arm. People don't. People probably don't think about it much, but this scar, that was from when I uh, put my arm, her car was rolling. I put my hand out the window because, like, I'm not stupid, but it's I instinct. It was for a little bit, for a short it's while. It's instinct. Yeah. yeah. It, the so what happened in my case? It landed on the roof and all the windows broke. And then the next time it was rolling around, it was coming on the driver's side door. And I felt like I was going to fall out. My seatbelt was on, so I wasn't. But it was there's a broken window. The car is landing on it. I put my arm out and broke these two bones. So um, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, you, you don't have to be a complete moron to make this mistake. You can be at my level of moron <laughs> and still make it. And uh, and I feel like I, I know everyone thinks they're not dumb, but I think I'm not that dumb. And uh, I did it. So it could happen. I'm always when I whenever we're doing like I'm on a tractor or anything like that, I, I look at what the worst case scenarios could be. And like, oh, if I have to jump off, I wouldn't want to jump there. Would I? Oh, nope. Get sucked right in. Uh, I, that's one of those things I'm always scared of, like the rollover where your arm is out and gets like bent backwards at the elbow and like under the door or something, because like that's kind of an unrecoverable thing. Where and that's the point where you know the the fuel cell explodes and you're burning and with high octane gasoline and you're just trying to saw your arm off at the elbow, but you don't make it. I only drive that's... one tractor, and it's modern, and by modern I mean safe. I think now no tractors are safe. But, I feel uh, like the newer ones have to be safer. They just have to be. Yeah. Well, for one, they've got uh, they have a roll bar. They call it the ROPS, the Rollover Protection System, and it's basically a big upside down U sitting over the driver. You can flip it, and unless you put your arm in the wrong spot or something, you're fine. There's a there's room for a driver between the hood to the ROPS, and you know, I've seen people flip them on purpose as a demonstration of how safe the tractor is. They'll just you're driving flip it and uh, and you're okay if you've got your seatbelt on now whenever i do any kind of never work like when i mow i build i buckle in you know um when I, i've honestly I, never buckled at once i i haven't i do it's because just, that's I'm, just me I, I know i'm on the forums and stuff and they preach safety and whatnot and it got into my head and if i'm doing anything for any sense i buckle in i've got a tilt steering wheel i put that thing down i got the headphones and i'm rolling but there are other times where it's like maybe I'm doing something where I get on and off, on and off. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know, pulling posts out of the ground or something like that. Sure. Or, um, or maybe I'm doing something where it's just like, ah, you know, it's a, a one-minute job. If you're hooking up equipment or something, there's a lot of on and off stuff. Yeah. And in a, in a but, case like that, I don't always buckle in. And I feel like that's – if I want to be safe, that would be a good time to buckle in. I feel like honestly, I, I it doesn't make it, it's pro, it's just not true. But I feel safer if I'm not buckled in. I feel like I could exit the vehicle should there be an emergency. I feel like if I, if I want to, I'm I could 
I could jump up, be standing on this seat, and just dive away like a superhero if I need to. Uh, I've never been in a scenario where I thought I was going to flip it. Like, like uh, I'll be cutting grass sometimes, and if it's uh, Dad has wanted me to cut on some like grades that I wasn't comfortable with before, and I'm just like, no, I'm not going to do that. You do that, and and he'll have that thing. He knows where the the line is, I guess, because he'll just have that thing so sideways sometimes. You don't go up and down. There's some places you can't. It's like it's like a the land is sh- it's like a land is shaped like a V, and you just kind of ha- you have to go along with it. There's no up and down to do. Um, but he seems to I've never buckled up. I don't think. Does he have weight in the tires? Ah, he hasn't died yet. No, that's I don't think so. One thing that people do to make it safer, they put uh, water mm-hmm. in the tires. Um, I know he's got the thing that does it. That puts water in tires. Yeah. I didn't know there was a tool. I, I, people, I'm sure it's harder, but some people do it themselves. You know, they just pull the valve core and fill it up. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, oh, in high school, many many years ago, we watched this like gory, awful uh, driving thing in driver's ed. I think it was called Room to Live, but I'm not sure. And they kept stressing it, and they were showing modern cars and old cars, but. Basically, these cars would be in these horrific accidents, and you would think that everyone died, and they'd, like, tear the door off, and they'd be like, look at that. There's room to live in there. And sure enough, like, the dashboard's back up, you know, 6 inches or 12 inches, and the, the roof is smushed, but you're like, yeah, totally. That person would live, you know, mm-hmm. because there's room to live right where they are. And um, the modern cars really do a nice job of keeping... Like, the last thing to break down is that little spot where you need to be in an accident. You know, if you're buckled in, where your driver is and passenger, that spot will stay air. They're super good at protecting that spot. And that's how the tractor is, too. So that's why I buckle in. I'm like, there's room to live right here. In this seat, I can roll over. I could roll down the hill like a like the cheese wheel in the U.K., and uh you know that cheese wheel you know, yeah, yeah yeah they chase it that's a dangerous fucking sport that's people get horrible. fucked up doing that i'm gonna join them <laughs> on my tractor rolling sideways and i'll be fine uh, because there's room to live with the bush hog attached running <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so we should probably call it a show it's been almost an hour and a half yeah yeah all right painkiller nearly episode 62 i hope you guys enjoyed it <laughs>